before we start, we'd like to leave you a quick message on the machine to let you know that Age and I encountered some technical difficulties this week. The sound quality might not be up to our usual standard, but the content absolutely is. If you love us, ladies and gents, you'll push through and we'll see you on the other side. The show must go on as they say in the biz, so enjoy. Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Welcome back to the studio, Adrian. How are you feeling today? I was feeling quite good until I realised I just stepped in shit. (laughs) You have trudged shit on your shoe through the whole studio. So, walk in the room, setting up as usual. Yep, how are you? Good, thanks. Yep, how are you? Can you smell the shit in the room or is it just me? I just love that you made me smell your shoe for you (laughs) to confirm that it indeed was shit. It literally must have got on my shoe from the moment that I walked from the car to the door because on the car right here, no shit. Yeah, and now it's all over the carpet, so yeah. you'll be cleaning that up as soon as we so wrap. We're in a shitty studio today. Anyway, welcome back to the show. This is Message on the Machine. My name is Age. And I'm Mitch. And this week we have far from a shitty guest. No, we actually have a really fantastic episode lined up for you. Shining star. Yeah. Mr. Luke Anthony, who is a singer based in Sydney. I guess singer as he calls himself, but I would just say after our chat, I would love to call him a recording artist extraordinaire, I think. Yeah, and just great friend of the show. Huge. Can't wait to have a bev with him, I think. That's my (laughs) takeaway from this. Well, the thing was, we couldn't have a beverage with this guest as we normally would crack a a mimosa or something because it's the first time we've ever recorded remotely. Yeah, we're going... um Live to the scene, as they say. <laughs> the world is now our oyster, now that we know it can be done. I can't wait to... We're going to have some guests from Latvia, I think, just to... Oh, I hope so. ...continue to tap into that market Ooh. over there that we've found. It's great that we can finally get Gaga on the show, because it's just been <laughs> the scheduling issues up to this point, but... Oh, too hard to fly her in. <laughs> she didn't want to quarantine. Yeah, well, no issues there anymore. Excuses, excuses, honestly. No, but... No, the chat's really great. We, um... Lots of back and forth, lots of banter, but I guess we learn the ins and outs of the music industry, the voice, um, which is where Luke started, or not started, but where Luke kind of like shot to fame on our screens. And where a lot of you guys will probably know him from as well. I do just want to quickly call something out that you were shamelessly flirting with him for most of the episode. I don't think I was. Oh, well, we have the tapes to roll, so <laughs> I'll let the people decide. I was but then say, the receipts are about to play. <laughs> yeah. Um. Funnily enough, though, at the end of the episode, Luke just reveals that he actually has a boyfriend. So, you know what? I don't think that you're right. And Yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> On that note, do you think we should bring him in? Let's do it. Turning my chair. All right, boy, George. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents. So welcome to Mr. Luke Anthony. Yes, welcome. So thrilled to have you. Hello. I'm happy to be here. The voice himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect medium for you, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I was going through... My friend um, sent me a little um, Facebook memory the other day. And have you ever been to Stonewall in Sydney? The, the club? Yes, definitely have do you know, once have or you, twice. Have you yeah. heard about <laughs> on, um, on a Wednesday night they do something called um, Mailbox? And so you've all got like a number on your chest... And, like, you can write a little note and put it in the mail. It's like, you know, old school grinder. No, no, but I'm intrigued. And I remember he sent me this Facebook memory. Someone had ri- written me a note saying, you may not have won the voice, but you're certainly number one here tonight or something like that. It's really funny. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's obviously left an impression on you. Well, it, it just happened just before, so it was fresh in my mind. All oh, right, there you go. That's so funny. So, wait, are they writing, like, do you, do you read the notes when you get home? Is it, like, a bit of, like, a, oh, you know, like, a Valentine? Well, no, it's, it's, like, it's, like, I think that it was created before Grinder. So, you, like, you send messages and you put it in the mailbox. And God. then... The, the host reads out who's got mail and you can go, oh my God, number 623 said they want to root me in the toilets and you look oh over Oh my God. <laughs> so it's literally vintage grinder. So you're really having to come to the club with like a pen and paper. Well, they give you the pens and paper. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. It's a part of it. At least they could do. As long as you're buying drinks, we'll supply the pens yeah. and paper. I'm glad we've sorted out the logistics yeah. then. So, Luke, obviously you are here um, as our special guest this week. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Why the hell have we plucked you from the many, many choices that we have <laughs> to be a guest here today? Was I not choice number one? Oh, like, yeah, of course. Like six, but scheduling issues, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> Actually, in the lead up to this ep, I must have, when I sent you that message being like, babe, we're still on, we're still going to be recording, don't worry, because like, there's obviously been like a few weeks since we first like made contact about it. And I had said something like, we just had a couple of other, um, you know, people in line first that we had to get through, but you're on the list kind of thing. And you were like, I'm so glad that I'm like third on the list or something <laughs> like that. <I'm> like, <laughs> so you're obviously a recording artist. What, how do you refer to yourself? I should ask. I don't know. That's a bit wanky, isn't it? I just say that I'm a singer. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm a singer, cash. but I suppose I am a record. I am a recording artist as well. There you go. I'm a wanker. Self-confessed wanker. No, I would, I would give myself the wankiest title that there would be. Adrian would be like, I'm a superstar. I'm recording artist, vocal extraordinaire. <laughs> a voice like butter. <laughs> Cross between Fergie and Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think that it's such a... But my job is so diverse mm. that I never know really what to say because mm. one minute I'm like singing the jingle for a Vodafone commercial and no one knows it's me. So that makes me a session singer. And then other times I'm featured on a dance track. So that makes me a recording artist. And, you know, there's lots of different parts of my job that I suppose not everyone knows about. Lots of balls in the air. I'm a singer. There you go. That's my title. Love it. So you're a singer. Lots of balls in the air. You are from Sydney as well. We should mention we are doing this uh, remotely, which is... Obviously not, yeah. I- not ideal. We would have loved to have flown in and gone for a mimosa and, you know, yeah, done have... this properly. But how, how good would that be? I have no idea what you smell like. Well, um, <laughs> I smell like um, Chanel Blech this morning. Oh, my God. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Also, oh, I know exactly what you smell like. <laughs> so yeah, basically, just smell me. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say then, I smell like someone who's... In lockdown and hasn't had a shower for a couple of days. <laughs> Would you know what? I didn't know that we would be filming. People obviously don't know that we're on. We can see each other right now, but I didn't know that we'd be doing that. And I was like, about fifteen minutes before we jumped on, I was like, oh, I better have a shower and you know, chuck a face. So, <laughs> thank God I did. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, the question that we always like to ask the guest is, what was the last thing that you googled? So I have like, I did a couple last. In the last two days, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my top two. Sure. My most recent two. One is, I saw this video on TikTok and I couldn't remember what it was called and I was telling my friend about it. So it's, I, I Googled TikTok fart couple. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's that video where the couple is like, you know, running, manning each other's legs. And then he like pushes her legs back and she farts. And oh God. Anyway. Shocker. And the other one was (laughs) Potts Point Locksmith because I locked myself out of my apartment the other night. Uh, God, so you've given us options. Isn't locking yourself out of the apartment would just have to be one of the worst things in the world? Yeah. I think so. I've done it. And you know what? You'd never do it again. That's the biggest lesson. I don't think I have ever done it. To be honest. Do you know the sad thing is I've done it a few times. <laughs> Great. Good one. So I guess that theory does not really hold up at all. Mitch, what was the last thing you Googled this week? The last thing that I Googled was silicone... Silicone? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Silicone body scrubber. It sounds quite sexual. <laughs> it's not at all. It's actually just like a, a rubber loofah. Oh, you just want to upgrade from the regular loofah. Yeah, well, apparently they're just full of bacteria and I've been getting fed a lot of ads for these silicone body rubbers on Instagram and I'm just quite curious. God, lockdown marketing, targeted marketing at the oh, moment. Oh god. They're doing a great job. Well, I've just got nothing to do to having lots of showers. I've got Luke Googling people farting. You're Googling <laughs> You're Googling silicone loofers. And yeah. my my Google is hip flexor pain. Oh like god. an old person. 
Oh, I'm like, and you know what's getting old is every time I have to announce my Google on this show, it seems to be another ailment. Or yeah, I was going to say, last time it was your hot ear. My red blushing ear that was causing <laughs> me some grief. So I'm so glad that I'm obviously falling apart. Is <laughs> Great. The summary there. Great. Oh God, we've all been there, girl. Well, I'm glad we've covered that. Um, first thing that, first cab off the rank, I suppose. We did want to just talk to you about your time on The Voice because I think that's where a lot of people know you from and also it's just an exciting topic. Tell us what that was like. Yeah, it was great. Um, I had kind of like auditioned for shows throughout my career over, <laughs> over, <laughs> over the years. Um, and I had gotten to a point in my career where I'd signed with management. I'd started doing stuff overseas and I kind of wasn't interested in doing um, a show like that anymore because I kind of had things going on. Um, and then um, the management relationship was dissolved, to sound very professional. Oh, very Kesha of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was left kind of going, all right, well, what's next? And then they contacted me and I was like, well, law of attraction, I wasn't interested. So now they're coming to me, which was really cool. Um, and they kind of asked me to come in and, and I kind of dragged my heels with it because I was like, this could really balls up my career because I'm already working professionally as a, as a singer. Mm. And if I kind of get raped through the coals on national television, that'll affect people wanting to book me. Yeah. Um, so I was like late one time and there was a workshop that we were supposed to go to and I was like, sorry, can't, I'm busy. And they just kept going, that's okay, that's okay. Well, you, you come through. God, you're such a diva. Well, you know, <laughs> it sounds like that, but I think if, that, if a show like that wants you, yeah, right. they'll make it happen. Good for you. I like that out though. Thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I guess that like, you're not just there as like, for production value, I guess, for their show. You're actually there totally for yourself as a career move, right. you know? Like, right. You're not just, like, the cute gay boy who's got a great voice. Right. Well, I think that was maybe my role that I filled, but thanks. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Yeah, no, it was great. I, I loved it. I think um, it was kind of, like, one of the best gigs that you'll ever do because the production value is you know, second to none and the, the the band is amazing and the, you know, the lighting and you've got, you know, Katy Perry's costume designer, like dressing you and Huge. very rock star kind of um, yeah. season, which was really cool. I guess the best part or like one of the highlights for you on the show was obviously the initial turning of the four chairs, which I know is like huge. How did that feel? Crazy. And you know, I don't even really remember that, that moment, I have to go and watch it back. I've got it saved in my Dropbox. <laughs> um, so I have to go and like watch it back to kind of rem remind myself what it was, what it was like, because it's so, you're not there. Um, you, you're kind of someone somewhere else going through the motions and it's all really kind of crazy. You don't also don't really know that there's someone on the other side of the chair. Mm. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a really kind of surreal feeling. I think it's the most nervous that I've ever been. It's, it sounds like you were blackout um, drunk. I, I actually wanted to be drinking to get myself through it, but they wouldn't let me. Like, I actually asked the question. <laughs> I was considering pouring some vodka into my water bottle, but they were really onto that, apparently. That, that's rock star for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I, um, last year um, I sang... In, in, I did the Brisbane... The Channel 9 carols in Brisbane... And I'd done it before and I know that that gig um, kind of just makes me a little bit nervous and I always feel like I could have performed better. I just didn't kind of feel super comfy on stage. Um, and obviously last year we didn't perform as much so I felt quite out of practice. Um, and I was like, fuck it, I'm mm. downing a bottle of champagne before I go on stage. And I was like, and I hadn't eaten much that day oh. and I was proper wasted when I walked on stage. And my mom and her sister and everyone was in the audience. There was like thousands of people. It was on live TV and I was blind. Um, and I got off stage and my mom rang me and she's like, I'm coming backstage. Where are you? And she's like, that is the best that I've ever seen you perform. And I was like, I'm blind. So <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. So li liquid courage is a thing, guys. Oh my God. I fucking love that. It's a thing. 
I was actually driving, um, like, here today and was thinking, because I had a few reds last night, and I do notice that, like, the next morning, you know, and I think I'd, I probably had a couple of, like, cigarettes, and I was, like, noticed, like, just my voice and the way here was just a bit, like, gross or a bit, like, you know, clogged up. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, it does happen to me. Anyway, and I was, like, doing a bit of, like, clearing. I was, like, you've got to, you know, don't sound feral, like, I've got a drinking problem or something on this show. I was, like, you know, trying to get ready, and I was thinking, how do these rock stars, like, if you think about the stereotypical rock star who are, like, out there just, like, drinking whiskey from the bottle on stage, but then they sing and they sound amazing. I'm, like, I would literally sound like a goat who's been run over. (laughs) Like... Well, Adele uh, sounds like she smokes a pack a day. So I feel like if you just lean into that, yeah. then you're off the hook. But the thing is too, it's like without getting all technical on you, it's like they're, a, like they're an athlete, right? Like a, someone who uses that muscle professionally, is that, that muscle is really fit and really strong. So you kind of know your limits. You know that if I have four glasses of wine... I'll be a little dehydrated, but I'll still get there. If I have six, mm. that's my limit, you know? So, um, whereas the average Joe doesn't have the same vocal fitness. So you're measuring it by the mill. <laughs> Maybe. So let me talk about, like, obviously the, the judges on The Voice are quite well-known and, you know, famous. So do you, like, interact with them, like, you know, behind sure. the scenes and hang yeah. out? Like, you know, you fr- do you become friends with, like, the likes of, like, the Kellys and the Georges or, like... Is it just very... The are Deltas. They, are they very, like, we're in the chair, this is for the cameras, and then see you later. Like, I, I like some of the tea, basically. <laughs> I think there's an element of that. Like, um, you, you definitely don't spend as much time with them as the show makes out. A lot of your kind of rehearsal time is done with behind-the-scenes vocal coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, I mean, I was lucky because... I hung out with my, my coach was boy George and you know, he took me to dinner and then took me to a, a art gallery thing. And we, we got a little bit of time outside the show together, um, which was really nice. And then there's like the after party and you can have a little chat with people, but unless they kind of, I don't know, take a liking to you, you don't get a lot of FaceTime and, and connection with them. And obviously the further through the show that you go, the more, um, the, the closer you can have the opportunity to, get with them I suppose did you always know that you were going to pick George or uh, was that like a spur of the moment thing uh no I didn't so do you uh, I've got to give you guys the tea right um so please do please do sorry to Delta if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) um so when you're uh when you're kind of getting ready for the the first audition that's really rehearsed um, so you've, you've done that, what you see on TV, there's, there's, I think maybe 50 people left in the competition at that point. Um, so you've gone through a few rounds. So that first audition is mm-hmm. kind of round five or six for you. And then they get you in and you rehearse your audition about five times. And then you have a practice interview after that, where they say, Hey, what's your, um, what's your order of choice? Like who would you pick first, second and third and fourth? And so I think my, from memory, I'm pretty sure I was like, Kelly Rowland, obviously, um, Joe Jonas, Boy George, Delta, um, was my kind of order, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that was it. Poor Delta. I know. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Why do we all do that? We all do that. Who's on? God bless her. <laughs> anyway, so, but then on the day, so, so then, then after you do your rehearsal, they go, um, so you've told one of the, one of the producers what your, what your choices would be if you kind of got to pick anyone. Um, and mm. then a big wig producer came and grabbed me after my, um, uh, rehearsal. And she was like, Hey, listen, I've just looked at your choices and I know that you love Kelly. We all love Kelly, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if you wouldn't mind considering, uh, boy George, we'd love you to pick boy George. We think he'd be a great fit for you. And I was like, well, how do you know? Like, he might not even turn around. She was like, "Hun, just consider Boy George. And that was the kind of the end of the conversation. I was like, oh, this feels a little bit like (laughs) an instruction. Ah, But then in in the moment on stage, in the moment, I would have picked, had I have had kind of just made my own choice, I would have picked Delta or Joe, um, Jonas. 
because I felt connected to them. I was going to really? say, yeah. It's also hard to say no to Joe Jonas, I think. He's stunning, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Very much so, yes. We, I actually was um, at the, the very end of the show, we are at the after party for The Voice, um, and I was white girl and started um, kind of pashing on with one of, the, with one of the hair and makeup artists at the bar. Um, and then I turn around and, Lucky and lady. Joe's, Joe, Joe's there with his fiance, who's like Sansa from fucking... Yeah, huge. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. like, look like an absolute trash bag, pashing some dude at the bar. And he's like, hey, Luke, how you doing, man? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're from Game of Life. It was awful. <laughs> Not my finest moment at all. <laughs> yeah. I just love that... This producer's obviously been, like, that girl at every party that's like, oh, you're gay. I have another gay friend. You guys should date. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's how your what... coach was assigned to you. 100%. And, and that was the year that gay marriage became legal. So it was a big thing. You know, they had their first um, gay proposal on the show. And, and obviously Sheldon, who you guys know, was on my season as well. And it was, it was gay, gay, gay that, that year. So they wanted to really... Mm. Amp that up. And then yeah. and then when they... So the, the coaches all kind of turn around and um, Kelly, who was clearly my favourite, she kind of gave me a bit of sass and I was like, I'm not picking you. I know. I actually thought that. And they edited that out. Like, it was so much worse than, than really? that. Like, I was... I almost wanted to say, bitch, why'd you turn around for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. God, how disappointing. I know. But she gets... You know, they get kind of delivered lines and they get... They get kind of contracted to play a certain role, and oh, smoke and mirrors, Dom. Um, we had we had a chat off off camera, which was really nice. She's she's very lovely. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> Do you not? I love <laughs> just stick it in some bread and get it up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess the voice, kind of like put you on the map in terms of like commercial television and, you know, in that sort of space, what, what came after that for you? Yeah. Um, it was funny, you know, I used to do not a, not a, like a lot of things changed because I was kind of doing really great shows. I was just the unknown guy on the bill. Like I remember one year just, just before I was actually filming the voice and I got booked for a a Commonwealth games gig on the Gold Coast and it was like, yeah, and it was like me, Marsha Hines, Alfie Curie, um, and uh, Courtney Act, and a bunch of kind of like um, queer, you know, musical artists. I was gonna say, put me on a stage with Marsha Hines yeah, every oh, day of the week. Oh, I'm goddess! I'm shaking um, and- my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember walking into the um, dressing room. And Melinda Schneider, do you know who, do you know who that is? Um, I don't. No, but please tell me. She's like a, a country music okay. singer. She's a country music singer. And I walked in and she comes up to me and she's like, hi, are you, are you who I need to speak to about getting some water? And I was like, <laughs> this needs to change. This can't be my life I was just going to say, she just handed you a banjo and asked you to put it away for, for her. Right, 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 right. <laughs> And the funny thing was she went on before me. You know, I was going on after oh, her, huge. Which, you know, in the, oh. the hierarchy of performing. Yeah. You opened for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Shove your banjo up your ass. <laughs> I hated doing shows like that where I was on the bill with these great, you know, these people that were well-known, but I wasn't. And it wasn't about being well-known. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like I wanted to feel like I deserved to be there. It was that imposter syndrome thing. So... For me, the voice mm. um, meant that people were like, oh, that's Luke. He's from here and he's meant to, meant to be yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was really nice. And then, and then we got, I got kind of cool opportunities to, like I did this private party for the Murdochs um, on their estate in Yass with a 30-piece orchestra. Oh, God. Um, oh, wow. And, like, you know, the Packers were there. And, and so really cool kind of career moments like that came from... The who's who of Australian media. 
Yeah, it was like, it was such an intimate dinner too. There was only like 26 of them and 30 of us on stage. I was going to so say, the orchestra's outnumbered the guests. How God. <laughs> I, it literally did. I'm just like hearing all of that for me, I think like, you know, obviously being a creative is challenging at times and your career goes through, you know, those peaks and troughs. And how do you kind of mentally stay strong I guess you know to kind of push through and get to that place where you're like no I am supposed to be here and you know like what what how has that journey been for you because I guess like a lot of people sometimes throw in the towel right like it's all too hard I'll never make it or you know yeah I think do you know this is so tragic and so (laughs) homo of me but perfect one thing that has always stuck in my mind is um Katy Perry saying the people that make it are the people that hold on the longest. Mm. Um, and it's so true because you can have, everything can change within 48 hours, two weeks, six months, a year. Yeah. You know, your life can look so different um, from day to day. And, and you can go from one day getting, you know, booted off a, a show. Or I remember for me, one of my lowest moments was straight after The Voice, I got brought in um, to sing on a dance record that was coming out of Sweden, one of the the kind of biggest acts at the time. And it didn't work. Like I was so exhausted from doing the show. I was, you know, just unwell. I was coughing up blood and I just, my anxiety was through the roof and I just didn't nail it. I didn't step up. And then, you know, a month later, the song was on the charts with someone someone else singing the song. And that was just like, I was in the car and I had like tears in my eyes because I was like, fuck, I missed that moment. But then fast forward you know, fast forward six months down the line and you're, um, you know, singing in front of a live audience and, and on national television doing, you know, a Channel 9 gig for, you know, Christmas carols. And I just think there's there's peaks and troughs and, you, and you've just got to know. And that's know. Channel 9, not even Channel 7. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's been long enough now that I know that there'll be other stuff that comes up if something doesn't work out. Well, thank God for the wise words of Katy Perry. Mm, Exactly. Yeah. I think like you, like you sort of said that quote, but it's that whole thing of like, you only really fail when you give up. Right. Because if you're not haven't given up, then you haven't failed sort of thing. So a bit of, bit of wisdom, Mm. bit of wisdom for your Saturday morning. Mm. (laughs) Guys, I have, I, there's a, so from my apartment, there's, like an alleyway behind me, like a street behind me and another apartment building and the apartments are level with one another. So I can see there's a gay guy that lives, he's like 15 <laughs> metres, 15 metres from me and we, we've we got like this kind of like lock eyes every now and then Ooh. kind of relationship. We don't know each other. <laughs> and he's he's keeps wondering why I'm sitting in my window, like <laughs> star- staring at him when he walks past. I'm actually so on a podcast. I'm just waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a great excuse. That's very um, Miranda, you know, in Sex in the City. I know, that's what I say. I'm, yeah, totally what you I know, say. You know, and she's I, like waving and it's not her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I guess with all of that said, you know, you just mentioned like the Murdoch parties and like you've obviously done some amazing stuff. So is there one that's like a huge standout for you? Yeah, what's the career highlight? Um, I think one... Oh, there's so many cool moments. I mean... Marsha Hines, obviously. Um, Marsha Hines. I did a duet with Christina No at the Opera House. That was pretty special. But And oh, 2016, I headlined a German festival. Um, so oh, it was wow. Munich Pride, it was. And I kind of didn't really know the gravity of what it was. My manager was kind of like, listen, it's kind of like a Mardi Gras thing. I had a single coming out. They wanted to use the single as, you know, the theme song for the event. And I was like, yeah, 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 cool. And I was, um, they flew me over. I was there for four days and I flew home to Germany. So wow. weird. Um, uh, I don't know why I didn't holiday afterwards. I was 20. Yeah. I was going to say, you really didn't I make the most of that whatsoever. I was probably poor and couldn't afford to stay. Um, <laughs> And I got there and, and like we had, I had a driver and I had my own security and it was bizarre. And I remember it was at the time where I was like, this is exhausting. This is bleeding me dry financially. I just can't, mm. not sure if this is 
going to be sustainable long term. And I remember um, there was 20,000 people there. I did an hour show. Um, wow. Yeah. In this like cobblestone church thing. Um, and like from this town, like it was, it was very like Eastern European kind of vibes. And I'm getting like the end of Lizzie McGuire movie. Exactly. Performing at the exactly Coliseum. Exactly <laughs> what it felt like. And you know, and this, <laughs> I, I um, had to get walked through the crowd and I had like security around me and people were like clawing at me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. And, yeah. And I, um, you know, wow. there was like signing of autographs and like, they had obviously played my song over there before I'd gotten there. So they were like singing my song back to me. And I remember getting off stage. My two best friends had flown in from like London and Australia to come and hang out with me. And they were side stage. And I just like burst into tears when I came off stage because I didn't realize um, how like special it was going to feel. And I was like, and it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm doing yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm kind of like in flow and it felt so special. How surreal, like, to think that. I mean, I can't even fathom. I mean, we've, the most we've got is... Recognised you know, it. A young gay teenager might run up to you drunkenly in a, at the club and it's <laughs> like, I listened to the podcast, good job, and kind of just keep running. <laughs> so that's basically the same thing. Yeah, pretty much yeah, identical. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it ebbs and flows, right? Because there's also been moments after that moment where, one, like, Sunday night I was singing to a couple of million people on The Voice and then the Tuesday night, because I was so poor from filming a reality TV show, I was singing at a pub mm. for 10 people and they were like, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. I was like, no shit, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm a star. But, you know, like, oh, I love ebbs it. and flows. So you're huge in Germany, basically. Yeah, apparently. Good for you. <laughs> I love it. Sprechen's de Deutsch. Yeah. Okay, so then I'm the flip to that. Like, is there, I mean, obviously the ebbs and flows would be hard. And like, as you said, you know, you know, you're doing it tough and things like that. Is there like really, you know, challenging times in your career? Like, especially as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the voice is such a glamorous um, concept, but in reality, you know, you get paid a very minimal per diem each, each mm. week. And, you know, a lot of us live in big cities and our rent is more than what you get paid to kind of be on the show. And my mum helped me out when I was on The Voice financially because it was just so tough and, like, I don't know. Isn't that bizarre? You would think that out of, like, that they would be doing stuff to help that or, like, at least just make it worth your while, I, or, you know, not bare minimum. Yeah. Especially for you who they begged to be on the show. Well, I mean, that's yeah. my silly fault. I should have put it in my contract. I want $15,000 a week, please. <laughs> Um, yeah. but you know, but then it comes back around because you've had all this exposure and people want you after that. So then you can go, well, this is my fee now. Um, because there's mm, yeah. that kind of value, but yeah, there's, there's moments that no one knows about that you go, I can't believe people think that I'm this, but this is my reality. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's wild. Yeah. Well, fake it till you make it, Dale. You go drink the champagne with the other rock That's stars exactly and then go right. sleep under your bridge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like we do. Just puck the rucksack. Yeah. <laughs> Unroll my swag for the night. Yeah. So true. So I'm curious because obviously, as we said, as you know, the wise Katy Perry has said, mm. it's the people who push the longest that make it. If you had decided it was all too hard and being a musician was not for you, what do you think you'd be oh, doing? I don't know. Maybe turning tricks on a street corner. I'm not really sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When did you know you wanted to do it, I guess? Like how long have you have you been pushing for this career? Do you know what I mean? I think it flipped when I was about 14 because I'd always kind of enjoyed singing and stuff at school. Mm. And I was like, I said to my mum... Um, I want to be a singer. Guy Sebastian was on Australian Idol. Oh, and and Angels brought me here. Huge, Angels brought huge me here. moment Life for Australian moment. TV. And Paulini's number one hit, Angel Eyes. Changed my life. <laughs> um, Can I just say on that, I have a bit of a guilty pleasure for Fallen Idol stars. Like I, if you go into my Spotify, there is like 
Kate DeRouge, like Paulini. <laughs> like I have, there's a soft spot for the me. The Young Divas. Bit of Cosima DeVito. Like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all about it. It's gorgeous. Uh, me too. Me too. That was the glory days of reality TV Truly. though. They'll like go down in history books. Ricky That's Lee me. has got to have some like of number one hits that would just not recognize. I just want to say. Shout out to Ricky Lee. <laughs> Ricky bloody amazing. And I reckon she's a good time too. Like you'd love to have a bender with Ricky Lee. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 100%. The, the acoustic version of Raining Diamonds. I just can't even get my head around. You need to relax. I'm getting like emotional thinking about it. <laughs> anyway, so you'd be turning tricks if you weren't a musician is the answer to the question. I mean, I just don't know. I haven't really thought about it because I, I have wanted to do this for so so long yeah and you know you and even the funny thing is in australia um you can you can make a great living out of being a musician at whatever level you know like Mm. you could be someone that no one has any idea about and you're in the background in the recording studio filling in vocals and da 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 da. we have a really great you know our country you can do that and not be super famous but still make a great living from music which is really exciting so i don't know if yeah, mm. I don't think I'd do anything else. So you're 14, obviously, I'm going to be a singer, mum. I'm going to be a star. Obviously, a lot of people are... T- How did she not know that I was gay? <laughs> yeah. well, Honestly. This is, you've got your wigs on. like. <laughs> I had a Sporty Spice Barbie in my room. Yeah, and she right. was like, you're gay? What? <laughs> <laughs> was there a time where you realised that you actually could sing? Because I think that's a completely different thing to being like, I'm going to be a superstar singer. But then at some point you have to be like, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. Yeah. I So I started doing these singing lessons and, and I ended up working for... So the, the lady that owned the singing school that I went to, I grew up in Townsville, so up in North Queensland. Oh, God, FNQ. Um, she, yeah... Um, she had a, a band as well. And she was like, I'm going to put you through your apprenticeship. Come and sing in my band. Um, and we were singing at some event. It was like my my audition gig. And a local radio station was like, who's this guy? And I think for me, I was like, oh, people are noticing me. Um, and you know, like you guys would know, growing up gay, sometimes you don't want to be noticed. You want to mm, kind of... yeah. Just be in in the yep. corner where no one really can put a spotlight on you. So that was my new um, thing. You know, mm. I wasn't the is he gay guy. I was the the singer with, mm. with a good voice. So I was like 19 then, I think. And then I was like, I want to see how far I can push this. Mm. Something that we love to ask our guests, um, especially uh, from the queer community, is, you know, you just mentioned being... Uh, in the background and, you know, growing up gay in a straight man's world, as we say, is challenging and doesn't come easy. But when you hear that, like growing up gay, you know, what was that like for you or what kind of does that bring up for you? Um, I grew up in a small town, uh, quite a conservative family as well. So that was really tricky for me. I came out really late. Mm. Um, and I think my biggest battle was myself. Yeah. Hmm, that's a hard question, isn't it? No, so, you know, that was tricky. I never wanted to come out. I never even wanted to be gay. Like, that was... Mm. The, the world that I came from was, um, that's a sin, you go to hell. If yeah. if you lay, lay, lay with another man, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the other battle on the flip side was that no one could really get to know me Um, because I was hiding so much of myself, which Mm. meant that my authenticity as an artist, as a, as a performer was restricted. Mm. Um, you know, like our favorite performances are like when, um, Kelly Clarkson sang that song on American Idol and burst into tears halfway through because she's so raw and she's so there and you know who she is and you know where it's coming from. But when I was performing... I started realizing when I was like 21, 22, 23, that I wasn't getting those kind of reactions. I wasn't giving those kind of reactions because I was too scared of being exposed because no one really knew who I was. Um, And it took Danny Minogue when I auditioned for like X Factor a million years ago. Yeah. Wow. um, And she was like, you're good. 
you look good, you sound good, but like, I don't understand any of this. Like you're singing this song. Who are you? Like, well, I don't understand. God, what a, and mirror, like, what a mirror in your face. And I'm standing on stage in front of, you know, like an audience going, oh fuck, I know who I am, but I'm just not prepared to tell you. Yeah. Um, and so that for me was a real like, all right, you need to take this seriously. Do you want to do you, your career is going to suffer if you don't kind of. Yeah. Do you think, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think obviously now with, Sam Smith and Lil Nas X, the icon, being queer and a, a performer is a lot easier. But do you think there was a part of you as well that was kind of maybe trying to hide because you thought it might detriment your career or your saleability? Oh, I don't know. I think I think in our, like, these times, I don't think that's really so much of a conversation anymore. Mm. I was more worried about my mum and dad. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, yeah, was, that was that was my thing. I was gonna say it's a it goes deeper than like at the time you're probably not even thinking like oh how this affects my singing career. It's like I can't even mentally prepare how it will affect me as an individual. So it's kind of like that wouldn't even have been on your radar. Hey, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it was like the minute that I came out, um, things just started shifting. Mm. I, you know, my man- manager was like, okay, cool. There's all these events that we can do that are gay focused now and they love you yeah. and they've always loved you, but it didn't make sense before. Now it makes sense, yeah. you know? And you're able to find, find your people as we love to say, but yeah, totally. I mean, that vulnerability, what Danny was calling you out on, like that vulnerability, that's what breeds that connection, right? Like without that, if you're not vulnerable, people won't be vulnerable back with you and you're never going to get you know, like we, we call it like, there's like the Beyonce syndrome a little bit, right? Like I love her to death. She's an idol, but there's something about her that's a, a bit frustrating because she's almost unrelatable because she's too polished. It's like, I want, mm, I want right. a bit of a scandal. I want to hear about you, you know, you know, like when she did the Blue Ivy documentary, like when she had the baby, it was probably the first time ever that we really saw her and she cried on camera and all that stuff. And it was like all of a sudden connection, you know, with a person. And so, yeah, I think that, that's great that you let that guard down, doll. Because look where it took you. Yeah, proud of you. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the other thing that's very important to remember is, as you said, all of these gay opportunities opened up for you when you came out, and nobody throws as many parties as the gays, and nobody rallies behind a cause quite as hard. So. <laughs> and nobody, so true. Nobody flat chat ever since. Nobody cries to four chairs turning around like the gays. <laughs> Mitch, exactly I'll, right. I'll message Mitch during the week. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, just having, watching some vo- a bit of the voice, having a bit of a cry. <laughs> I love a four chair turn. I love a golden buzzer. <laughs> oh, don't we all? <laughs> so you mentioned your family there and your mum and stuff like, you know being your biggest concern how did that all go down with you like you know and that whole side of the coming out journey um yeah it was uh i um i think i came out when i was like 24 so quite I'd, I'd, quite late so so late yeah. yeah 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 um so maybe i'd come out i'd moved to sydney so i'd kind of been a bit more free about my sexuality with a, a few new sydney friends mm-hmm. um but I, I told my parents at like 24 because my brother came out at the same time. So there's oh, wow. two, two little... Wow. God. I believe that it, there's a genetic element to our... I just think your parents lucked out. <laughs> I know. Poor things. How great. I, I felt so bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was really tricky for us. It wasn't like a... Um, it wasn't like a... It wasn't super negative, but it wasn't super positive either because they didn't really understand. You know, they're from a small town, they're religious. They've never met someone gay before. So Yeah, wow. If I after that, if I'd be like, Oh mum, I'm really sick, I think I've got the flu, she'd be like, Oh my god, he's got HIV. Like there was just oh, no yeah. education there, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so it was a challenge. It's probably still a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's taken a lot of patience um from from my side to kind of not get frustrated because I think the thing that I needed to remember and I needed to learn was that um, I'd had 24, 25 years to come to, to come terms. to terms with who yeah. I was. Yeah. So I couldn't expect them to come to terms with, you know, mm. something changing so drastically, you know, overnight. Absolutely. Nice that you and your brother had each other, I suppose. You know, funnily enough, we're not that close. Oh. <laughs> you, I was thinking you two were like skipping in together, being like, mom, dad, we've got huge news. Hi. 
Oh, well. So there's huge news going on for you at the moment. Mm. Big milestones, which obviously I want to talk to you about. The LA Masterclass is up and running and live. It's something new that you've launched. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Because it's super exciting. Yeah. um, It's basically a learn to sing 101 online interactive video course. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like it covers singing techniques from like breathing and placement and support all the way through to like um, the ins and outs of reality TV and how to write a good song and um, vocal health tips and and all of that kind of stuff. And I've um, brought in all of my friends from the industry, whether, whether it be people from the voice or X factor or, um, you know, music managers and vocal coaches and music therapists and stuff to really add value and add their two, two bits into the course. So it's going really well. It's super scary to kind of do something a little bit left of center. Cause I've always just, just sang. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to teach when I was really young, um, but I just wanted to find a way to, especially in like pandemic life, yeah. to be able to have a little bit of passive income as well. Because um, as a performer, you don't get holiday pay. You don't kind of get all that stuff. Totally. So I, yep. Yeah. I, I get paid when I walk on stage. And when you can't do that, um, you kind of have to pivot a little bit and think outside the box. Luke, there's a new saying that I've come up with in the last month or two. Oh, Here we go. Adapt or die. <laughs> right? <laughs> And you know what? When shit starts to get hard, I just say, Adrian, adapt or die. And you just, it really just pushes you along, I find. So good job for adapting. Thank you very much. I will be honest. When I, when you launched, I was like, oh, LA Masterclass, that's great. Must be something in LA. And I honestly thought it was like a, something to do with like in California. And then I was like, no, it's just well, these initials. <laughs> well, that's great. I love that. I actually, that's, yeah. That's the whole point. I only oh, put that good. Too. I, that you thought that. I only put that together right now. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was like, oh, it's just a California twist. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the, that's the point. No, I think. it's got a great Sounds, ring to yeah. it. Yeah. Can I ask you what a music therapist is? So it's kind of like, you know, like an occupational therapist. Sure. Um, so they go to, they work in hospitals, music therapists, and they use like um, sound and emotional um, like using sound to kind of evoke emotion to, to help them heal and, and that kind of stuff. Wow. wow. Like, that sounds right up yeah. your alley age. I was like, yeah, it's an auditory healing process. <laughs> That's something that That's I... exactly what it is. God. I'm very auditory. It's like everything for me, I do everything through the ears. So great. I might look into that. <laughs> I do everything through the ears. No, well, like some people auditory, some people... I'd like, like to see video footage of yeah, that. Yeah, please. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it on our story. <laughs> no, when boys kiss my ears, it's a little bit too sensitive for me. I oh, get a little, I do a little of the, like these ones where my ear goes down to my shoulder like I'm having a bit of a fit. <laughs> I, I'm a bit ticklish. Great. <laughs> so basically, we're both signing up for LA Masterclass and you'll see us on The Voice as a duo come ne- next year. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've got one of the worst voices in the country. Yet for some reason, you have a podcast. <laughs> Ask me to sing and your ears may bleed. Oh, well. I'm not going to lie. But it, that kind of makes me want to maybe do the LA Masterclass because I think that there's... Do you know what? When I was younger, like I used to do a lot of acting and I I can dance, got a bit of rhythm, but it was always the singing. I couldn't... It was the one thing that kept me off Broadway was I can't... Mm. I could, not a triple threat because I can't fucking sing for the life of me. And... You know, maybe this is the, the class I need. Well, you're starting from a very low bar, so you might win Best Improved... If nothing else, my girlfriends honestly like take the piss out of me often because I sing a lot. Like I love music, <laughs> but is, there's a serious like tone deaf vibe going on. Do you know what? There's something so endearing about someone who like guys that I've dated. The sexiest thing I've, I have found is that they know they can't sing, but they really drive it home with passion in front of someone who can sing. They're like, I don't give a fuck. I know that I'm shit, but I'm really going to drive this home. And I'm like, yeah, that's really sexy. Well, we're a match made in heaven then, Dal, because that's literally... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, should I give you two a moment? <laughs> uh, well, in the, in the, on the flip to that, I will say that boys who can sing, hot. So mm. hot. Yeah, of I, course. Like, I was seeing a guy once who um, 
used to sing and like he every now and then would just like you know when you someone's got a naturally good voice and they just like just start singing just like you know shower or car or whatever and you're like wow that was really good and they're just like going about their day (laughs) and I just like get I just get in awe I just start staring like a freak like oh my god I'm obsessed I love a, a good voice is like everything for me so Anyway, we'll talk. <laughs> Maybe we should have a moment. <laughs> Before we get into that, because I'm feeling like the third wheel now. <laughs> can we quickly talk about some of your other projects that are trucking through right now? Sure. So Club Soul first. Tell me yeah. about that. What is it? So Club Soul's like a think sneaky sound system. Mm-hmm. That's basically what club soul is and for me i i have always um been super varied in my tastes um and uh, a problem that i've always had in my career is that i'm too versatile so that's such an interview answer (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually too versatile don't don't we didn't ask you to read out your grinder profile (laughs) (laughs) um that's actually true as well. But <laughs> I... Disclaimer um, for all the boys listening. Just, <laughs> but I um, I wanted to have a little home to kind of put things that didn't... That weren't super Luke Antony, you know, but I still loved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that we can do gigs that Luke Antony wouldn't normally do. We can release music that Luke Antony wouldn't normally release. Um, and I don't feel so restricted. And last year was big for me because I was like you know, when COVID takes away your job and you've placed so much of your identity on what you do, you're like, who the fuck am I? Mm. And I had to kind of, I spent a lot of time last year in Bundaberg staying with my sister. Oh God. Digging holes and concreting and having a real butch moment. <laughs> Out going, in Bundy. Bundy. Yeah. Drinking yeah. rum. Yeah. Drinking the rum, doll. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I spent a lot of time going, who am I? What do I like? What do I, what do I enjoy about what I do? And so i I found that I enjoyed a lot of things that didn't make sense um, brand-wise. So I kind of created Club Soul with my friend Kyle, who's a very sexy, straight, talented boy. Yes, I um, have seen photos of him and was curious about whether he was batting for our team I or not. know, it's so annoying. What a, what a terrible waste. Just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a you know, super talented songwriter and, and producer and, and all of those kind of things. And we, we were working together anyway and we decided to kind of start a little side project that's kind of been really great for us so exciting yeah can i ask i did see as well is club soul there's a there's a clip of you coming to my mind out on a cliff face with two other singers you've got the gorgeous ocean in behind you and you're singing angel of mine by monica yeah is that club soul related or is that no it's not okay it was just that was just three singers coming together to... We just had a little bit of fun with that one. Just one of your other many tastes. No, because I know... I yeah. it, I saw it because I saw that Monica ended up seeing the cover, right? Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, we... So, she had actually shared it on Twitter last year and we were like, what the fuck? This is amazing. Um and that kind of ended there. We all sent her a message going, thank you so much. She never responded or anything. Yeah. And then um, we get an email from, it kind of did really well on TikTok and, and um, YouTube and stuff. Um, and then we got an email from Condé Nasty, I think that's oh, how you say Condé it. Condé Nast, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and they were working on a, a project for Glamour magazine. Mm-hmm. Um which was a, you sang my song. So basically they um, film the original artist of a song, watching cover versions of it. She gives kind of a bit of feedback and then they... <laughs> they Just some notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they film the cover artists reacting to her reaction. Right. Um, so they kind of emailed us and they were like, hey, we wanted to um, chat to you about a couple of things. And I was like... Oh, this is kind of a big deal, but they didn't tell us what it was. And mm. then they got us on a video chat and asked us a couple of like bogus questions. And then they said, Hey, can you click a link? Um, and it was her watching it, chatting to us. And w- we had no idea. So it was really kind of organic and really cool. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. Cool. 
Can I ask, since, you know, obviously you've, as you've said, got a lot of, a big range of musical tastes. What's your, yeah. what's your karaoke song? I hate karaoke. Yeah, me too. I'm that, <laughs> I'm that person at, I'm that person at the party. They're like, Luke, sing, sing. And I'm like mortified. I can't. Yeah. I just, I get so nervous to do karaoke. God, how bizarre. I don't know. I don't know what my karaoke song would be. Maybe something by Britney. Yeah, I felt Britney for you. Well, it's big, yeah. <laughs> big moments for her at the moment. So you know, yeah, give her her. What about time again? What about you guys? What are your karaoke songs? Oh, so I've been known to rap like a good, like a super bass or something from start I, uh, to finish. I know that rap too. I love it. Yeah, I, so good. I did um Nikki's verse in Monster last night actually for my roommates. Um, <laughs> just spitting some bars. First, first summer, eat your brains. <laughs> Gold <laughs> teeth and chains, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's such a good. Why is Nikki such an like? I feel like when I clock a Nikki rap, I'm just think I'm that good. I'm yeah. like, I'm like. Like fuck it, she's on it. Yeah. That bitch, hundred um, percent. I was else? listening to Monster the other day, actually. It's a pretty and I was great like, song. This is such a shit song oh. until Nikki comes on. <laughs> I was literally about to say, I was like, it's. I just wait to that bit, or I fast forward to that. It was all D- I wanted. Me hear. too. Me too. Yeah. Um, no, I don't really know what else my karaoke song would be. Um, Superstar Jamelia, just because it was on SingStar, so that got a big workout. Yeah. Oh my God, SingStar. What about that Liberty X song that was on SingStar? That was my go-to. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Do you remember that song? No. So I'd like to actually have a word with the creators of SingStar, if they're listening. They used to tell me that I was good. <laughs> if I could just get the little pitch thing to like sit on the right thing and like it matched up, I was getting like good. Great. I'm like... It's false advertising. I'm actually tone deaf <laughs> and you guys have led me to think that I'm good. And I remember like at one point, because I was obviously obsessed with it, my mum came in the room once and was like, Dal, I think we've had enough sing star for today. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like fucking obviously tearing down the house. Oh, that's so funny. Great. Yeah, no. So we all hate karaoke and yeah, you can't sing. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Club Soul. There is another little passion project that you are undertaking at the moment called Pickle and Whiskey. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I sound like I've just got my finger in a million pies. Oh, as you should, darling. You greedy pig. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pickle and Whiskey. It's dirty to me. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like an alcohol, but I don't know if that's just because of the word whiskey, but it sounds like or a pub to me. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Going. Well, pickle is pickle is obviously. So my last name isn't Anthony. My last name's actually Pickler. Oh, um, look at that! Exclusive. I thought you were going to say your last name was Pickle. <laughs> no, yeah, that's an exclusive story we've just yeah. covered here on the machine God. today. I think uh, no one knows that actually. Even like good friends don't kind of they forget that that's my last name because it's just it's everywhere. Not Where does Anthony come um, from then? That's my middle name. Yeah, right. Mm, pretty obvious. And I. <laughs> I, I signed with this label when I was 20, 20 and they were like, your last name's atrocious. What's your middle name? <laughs> and so it just kind of stuck after that. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that's the pickle part and the whiskey part. I don't know. I just kind of, my sister and I, it's, it's a little, you know, love project uh, with my sister. Yeah. Um, tell us about it. Yeah. Tell us what of, it is. <laughs> it's like, um, uh, wooden homewares. So like, um, serving platter slabs and stump side tables and really MCM housey kind of God. stuff. How does a creative singer like that just decide to start sourcing wooden furniture goods? <laughs> like, where did well, that come from? <laughs> well, I mentioned that I was up in Bundaberg last year yeah. and my sister and I had always wanted to do something together. Mm-hmm. And have you got, is there a fly dog? There was. <laughs> I wasn't just waving at you. There was a fly <laughs> Didn't want it to buzz um, onto the mic. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'd always wanted to do something kind of creative together. And um, she loves um, homewares and she'd just kind of finished building a house and we'd had so much fun um, kind of doing, dreaming up all the interiors for that together. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a wood mill, a timber mill, a timber mill, I think that's what you say. We have no up idea. Up the road. 
Doug, up the road. You're the masked was, one here. Yeah. You're the one in, <laughs> yeah. up in Bundaberg. The lumberjack. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it was a timber mill up the road. And my dad was friends with the guy and, and we had loved um, the stump side tables. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd made some just for fun. Um, and we were like, we should sell these. These are pretty lux. Like, this is cool. Yeah. And so we got, we get kind of like all these offcuts from um, the timber mill. So wood that would just be burnt at the end of the day, we kind of go and collect and take and we sand back and paint and, and turn into something really. God, that's gorgeous. For the house. Tool belt on, ready for action. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pop that on your grinder profile and get a few <laughs> hits. I reckon. Look out. <laughs> Throw me to a well time. Steel caps. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned before you've been passion on with people at bars. You know, I'm sure like... Adrian's brought up your grinder profile for some reason about four times. <laughs> We're obviously destined to be together because we've got the same <laughs> musical tastes and whatnot. I'd like to know... Shut up. <laughs> I'd like to know, what is it like dating when you're like in this kind of scene and... Obviously, gay culture as it is, is quite robust in terms of like, you know. I don't actually know what you're Well, we get it. We just, we, we get it on with each other quite easily. Yeah. So like, like. Robust. You two or people in general? No, definitely not Mitch and I'd rather poke a fork in my eye. <laughs> mm, that um, is true. I've tried. <laughs> he wishes. Back in the day, he had a crack and it was shut yeah. down very quickly. But right. Swing and a miss. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about you. Yeah, so what's the question exactly? So the question is, like, <laughs> is it hard to kind of be gay and date in, like, kind of, I guess, the public eye or with a creative career? <laughs> cool. To- totally. I'm just, yeah, it is. It totally is. Because I remember meeting someone once, and this has happened more times than you can imagine. Because So, like, Instagram and social media and, and all of that kind of stuff, um, you've really got to if you want to stay relevant and stay kind of in the public eye and stay, you know, all of those things, you kind of got to be on that game and, and be, have an element of wank in, in mm. you. Mm. Otherwise you'll kind of fall, fall by the wayside. So yeah. I remember a guy, um, kind of knocked me back and I was like, that's really weird. Like I thought that it would have been a vibe. Yeah, mm. obviously. Yeah, girl. Why would it not? That's really weird. <laughs> Preaching to the motherfucking choir on this side of the mics, can I tell you? Yeah. And then I ended up meeting him months later by chance. So we'd not met before. Obviously, it was like a online thing. Mm. And then we ran into each other and met. And he was like, "Hey, I've got to apologize. I just thought that you were going to be a fuckwit based on your social social media, um. and it's because I kind of." I look at my social media objectively and I go, yeah, I look like a wanker sometimes because, because of the work that I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so that side of things is difficult. And I know that, um, uh, because being a singer, I get so emotionally invested in my job. Um, there's no kind of disconnect. It kind of continues throughout every, you know, every hour of every day. So people that I've dated, um, when I have a big gig coming up or I'm launching a, a project that I've never done before, like LA masterclass, I'm a nightmare. Mm. My boyfriend left at, to his mum and dad's for two nights because he was so, um, like just, I turn into crazy person yeah. because I'm so <laughs> invested in the, in the project and stuff. And so that side of things is hard too, because someone who has a separate job to their life doesn't really understand the yeah, yeah, emotional no, there's connection no clock to off. it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Especially when you... when if you that makes sense. Well, when you push your own wheels, I guess, and do your own gig, like, it's not a nine to five where you're clocking off and leaving it at the door, you know? Like, you bring, yeah. you bring it home with you and you, like, it's always on your mind and you'd be working on it and, like, it's your... And it's when, when you're the product as well, I've said before, when you're the product, you're like a salesperson, but you're not selling a product, you're selling yourself. Mm. So when someone doesn't want to buy the product, it affects you totally as well. yeah i don't know yeah. yeah so that that's really hard to kind of um intertwine with a relationship but yeah. but you are I'm in one well now at the moment it sounds like uh yeah i am he's just moved in actually oh, congrats oh. a little love nest um, so um lockdown probably hurried that along a little bit yeah but it's going really well that's good so. at least you've got a little buddy around for this <laughs> troublesome time 
Oh, it sounds like you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Just each other. I've got Mitch, my single bubble buddy, and that's about all. <laughs> my single well, bubble buddy, who I work get with. Get the forks out. I know. <laughs> Yeah, they're out. I'm running out. I'm running out of orifices to put them in. Oh God. Um. No. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm just. I asked the question, I guess, because I think it would take a special kind of person to date, you know, and to level up into like a you know a celebrity, for example. Like, imagine being someone who's like in the public eye a lot. You would have to be quite secure within yourself, I think, to date someone who is constantly putting themselves out there. You know, always like doing that great, all that PR work and the woman fuzzies and having to show face all the time. Like, I think it could potentially put like strain on a relationship if there was like, you know, if you're dating someone like super insecure or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like hundred percent. And sometimes when you, when you get on stage, you've got to act single and act yeah. like you're, yeah, sell you're the about fantasy. to ruin everyone in the audience. Yeah. Totally. You've got to sell the fantasy. Absolutely. Mm. So, so, so the people that you date have got to be aware of that. My my boyfriend is actually an ex-dancer, so he kind of gets that side of things. Okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean, the flip side is everyone's always watching you as well. So I've had some mishaps, you know, that have ended up on social media and mm. that's, you know. Yeah. So have all the kids whatever. from Harry Potter. So it happens. Uh, you know. <laughs> I didn't expect him to have such a big willy. <laughs> Happy surprise. But yeah. it's always the tall, skinny ones with the big dicks, I find. <laughs> don't, don't look at me. <laughs> oh, yuck. Anyway. Says, says the Italian. I mean. <laughs> Chipolata, as my best friend would call me. Oof. Rough, I know. Stop it, stop it. Anyway, before we wrap up today, we just wanted to ask you, do you have any was advice? That was that a pun about wrapping up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to ask any advice for aspiring creatives, artists, musicians. What's the one takeaway you'd like them to take away from this episode? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess it's kind of back to Katy Perry. Like, hang on. As long as you're doing what you love, um, hang on for as long as you can. Because I would rather live off $100 and... and do exactly what I love than be super rich doing something that I hated. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, Fucking as long preach. as you're happy. Great. Yeah. And also don't pick Kelly Rowland. Well, no, Kelly's lovely. <laughs> we all love Kelly. <laughs> I mean, she's not Beyonce, but she's lovely. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, <laughs> well, Luke, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so, so good. I actually... I'm very inspired to enrol in LA Masterclass, I believe. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to be a world famous singer. Like Katy Perry says, you know, even though I'm tone deaf, maybe I've just held myself back and I should actually <laughs> give it a go. Get back on the horse. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, I actually feel like you <laughs> Can you tell us, um, for anyone listening, where they can find you if they would like to see more Luke Anthony? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram and Spotify and YouTube and TikTok. It's all... Luke Anthony, no H, A-N-T-O-N-Y. Great. And no cool. pickler. No, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll definitely be sharing some, um, pop some of your your singles up on our story, I think, yeah, throughout the sure. week. Obviously, guys, if you're looking to find us, it's at Message on the Machine on Instagram. If this is the first time you're listening to us, please hit follow or subscribe or whatever it says on the platform that you're on. Absolutely. And if it's Apple, please leave us a raving review because we need it. Um, no. <laughs> we need the validation. Leave us a review. Um, obviously, don't review my singing if, <laughs> if you've ever heard me sing. Um, but share it on your stories as well, guys. Tell a friend, tell someone about us because that is how we grow. And other than that, um, good luck out there. Yeah, we'll see you at the next one. 